This recording is from Fintech Nexus USA, formerly known as London Fintech USA, held at the Javits Center in New York City on May 25th to 26, 2022. It's from the track Consumer Lending, BNPL, Cards and Personal Loans, sponsored by FICO and is titled Promoting Positive Outcomes for BNPL Consumers. Speaking on a session of Mark Luber from Equifax with moderator Todd Anderson from Fintech Nexus. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for uh, sticking with us here. Uh, like Jerry said, my name is Todd Anderson, Chief Content Officer at Lended, or what we like to call now Fintech Nexus. Uh, and joining me today is Mark Luber, Equifax Chief Product Officer. Mark, why don't we start with just a quick intro, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. Thanks. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, my name is Mark Luber. I'm the Chief Product Officer at Equifax for the U.S. business. Been there about uh, two years, been in the data business a, a lot longer than that. All right. Well, thank you, Mark. So our, ses- our session today is promoting, promoting positive outcomes for BNPL consumers. So a couple of quick overview questions here is sure. why has BNPL become so popular and what do we attribute that growth the last couple of years? Yeah. Um, so super interesting. So since 2018, the number of consumers using buy now pay later has tripled every year. It's like crazy exponential growth. About 50 million consumers use buy now pay later uh, just just last year. Um, you know, I, I think some of the the original sort of conventional wisdom here is around consumers who are looking for non credit ways of smoothing out payments, uh, young credit adverse. And, uh, you know, I definitely think that's part of the origin story. Um, I think what's continuing that growth is really more of a focus around consumer experience, consumer journey, um, purpose-built credit. So credit is explicitly there for uh, those purchases. And then, of course, the, the pandemic has kept that uh, growth as everything moved online, uh, which was the most natural uh, place to uh, start with buy now, pay later. But I think that the idea of purpose-built credit and that consumer experience is what's going to continue to drive uh, the kind of growth we're seeing. What do we know about those who use BNPL? Like, is there a typical user profile of the the type of consumer that's using it today? Yeah. So I mentioned um, the sort of uh, young and new to credit or credit adverse, and and that being definitely part of the I'll call that the origin story. Um, you know, we've moved, we've definitely moved beyond that. I wanted to, you know, throw up some numbers for you all. So we certainly still see you skew young. So, you know, 50% millennials, 47% millennials. But I think what's important is to recognize you know, how much this is being used across first and age spectrum. Uh, so you've got a third of consumers using buy not later that are, are beyond that, uh, 40 year old mark, mm-hmm. right? And so this is really affecting everyone. Uh, everyone's taking a look at it. The, the other aspect uh, that I'll mention is that this is, um, when you look at how these consumers um, are actually using other types of credit, it's not just credit adverse. It's not just consumers who are looking to replace traditional credit with buy now, pay later. So about one-fifth of buy now, pay later applicants, when we studied a, a large swath of applicants, about one-fifth were new to credit or didn't have credit, right? They seem to be using buy now, pay later instead of. Four-fifths of buy now, pay later users were, were using 
um, an excessive amount of credit. Actually, they're using more credit uh, than on average. So this is not about replacing credit. This is not about replacing cards. Uh, this is actually a, a net new way for consumers who also have credit experience um, to smooth out payments. Now, you know, talking about the, the risk concerns that some lenders have expressed related to uh, BMPL, what is being done to protect consumers, protect lenders? Uh, tell us a little bit more about that side of the equation. Yeah, sure. Happy to. So, first of all, um, you know, I talked to a large swath of lenders from Binapulators and other fintechs to the largest financial institutions. Um, you know, everyone is definitely interested in responsible lending, of course. And part of responsible lending is understanding you know, that consumer's position, what other debts and what other credit products are, are being leveraged. Um, and there's, there's good reason, you know, in the buy now, pay later space to be sensitive to that. So again, I'll, I'll show you some numbers. Uh, first of all, amongst buy now, pay later users in the studies that we've done, um, you see 41%, 27% near prime. So, something like 70% of users of buy now pay later are below prime or below the, the top ups or the credit spectrum. And you can see that as how it compares to the general population. So this can be a population that's already experiencing some stress, already experiencing and leveraging credit utilization above you know, what you'd expect of the general population. So credit utilization is how much of your avail available credit are you already using is outstanding. Mm -hmm. um, and that's about two times amongst buy now pay later users uh, than normal. Actually, let me show you a couple more numbers. Um, and so this is how that looks across the board. I'll, I'll, I'll call out a couple of numbers here, particularly in bank cards. So uh, traditional credit cards, you see that buy now, pay later users, 73% um, of them have, a, have other credit cards uh, as compared to the general population. Those are pretty close. On the right-hand side, you see the average balances of, uh, again, I'll just look at bank cards, of those bank cards. And it's about the same. However, the credit limits of buy now, pay later, pay later users is lower, uh, which means the credit utilization, how much credit you're using, mm -hmm. is much higher, right? So these consumers um, are already, first of all, using a lot of credit, so that debunks some of the conventional wisdom we talked about, but also uh, these consumers uh, need to be understood well so that we're lending responsibly, so that we're lending the right products. Do you think a Part of it is that they don't want to get closer to their limit, and they're just using this as kind of the alternative to say, all right, I'm, I, I realize my limits are probably hurting my credit score. Buy now, pay later is another way for me to get credit, but does it necessarily hurt me in that way? So I'll just go to this version of using credit. Yeah, great question. So... Um, as I said, we definitely see that uh, consumers are adding this additional type of um, product um, into their portfolio. Uh, what I've seen in uh, surveys and, and sort of consumer work that I've done in the past is that consumers who are using a lot of credit are actually very credit savvy, to your point. Even if they have a lower score with that experience, uh, they know how to sort of juggle things and make their life work mm -hmm. with the credit that they have. So I think it's a great point that there's new tools out there, yeah. like buy now, pay later, and the savviest credit consumers are going to leverage all the tools they have. 
But you mentioned it briefly, but there is a misnomer that buy now, pay later is people who don't initially have credit. And right. I mean, what do you think is behind that? The thinking that, all right, you can get a, you know, buy something at like uh, Target or Yankee Candle or something like that. Why is it that there's an impression that this is a credit invisible when in reality it's not? Is there, you think there's something behind why people are thinking that or at least industry-wise? So I think that was uh, a, cu- a couple of things going on there. One is um, I think the reality um, or potential reality was stronger earlier on um, in, in this buy now, pay later cycle. I think some of the earlier users um, were, first of all, younger, which correlates strongly anyway yeah. to not necessarily having credit um, because buy now, pay later companies, um, depending on the type of loan, tend not to do credit checks Again, that kind of matched the story, even though that's not a direct sort of correlation. Um, but, um, you know, we're just so, we're so well beyond that now. I just think it was part of the, the, as I said, the origin story. So what, um, the impact of consumer credit scores and BMPL and, and kind of tell us a little bit more about that and what you guys are seeing there. Sure. Yeah, so what so what we've done as a result of everything we just talked about is um, is push hard on the idea that both um, all kinds of lenders need to be able to see the total sort of position of a consumer, and that's why Equifax pushed hard uh, starting at the end of last year that buy now pay later credit should um, come onto a credit bureau should come onto a credit report just like any other type of loan. Uh, this way, on one hand, consumers who are using buy now, pay later um, responsibly get access to that um, sort of responsible behavior being reported so that they can move up and continue to get other types of loans. So that responsible behavior is really important. Um, and the only way to see that responsible behavior is through a credit bureau reporting. And, though, and then the other aspect of that is, of course, responsible lending and understanding a consumer's ability to pay back the loan depends on having a full picture of the other outstanding debt. So we've pushed hard on this idea that uh, buy now, pay later should be reported. And we've started doing studies on that with what is reported um, on the bureaus uh, today. So I've got a couple of numbers on that as well. Um, j- just to validate what I've said, the idea that buy now, pay later reporting can help consumers build credit. So buy now, pay later, Consumers who are uh, paying back their loans, their buy now, pay later loans, right, are able to increase their scores on average. When we just looked at everyone using buy now, pay later that's currently reported, um, when, you, when you're paying back those loans, your score went up. Your score went up on average by 13 points, right? What's super interesting is um, credit builder. So this is that younger population. I said one-fifth of consumers mm-hmm. right, are uh, new to credit and, and younger, and they actually get um, even a bigger bump, so about 21 points on average. There's a, there's a wide sort of spectrum there. And then I, I just want to call it credit rebuilders, too. I think this is an important segment. So these are consumers that have leveraged credit in the past or currently leveraging credit, maybe had some challenges, missed a payment, their score is lower. Buy now, pay later again when it's reported starts helping that consumer rebuild their credit and reestablish uh, their responsible behavior. So I think all of that's super interesting. All that validates the idea around using buy now, pay later, getting that reported, helping consumers uh, to move up the economic ladder as a result of what comes next, which is access to more and different uh, types of credit products. 
Speaking of what comes next, I mean, how do you see BMPL evolving over the next few years? Yeah. Um, so, so first of all, of course, the results of all of this work uh, starting to show some of this data on, on credit bureaus working uh, with the banks for them to understand uh, what this data is going to look like, uh, working with them on uh, scores and, and score shifts. Not only is it important to see what, um, you know, how consumers will benefit, but then we also need to validate that the scores banks use that include this data are still valid. And so uh, what's important is studies that show like when scores rise, the consumer actually does perform according to uh, that elevated score. And so then uh, that's true. And we're bringing buy now, pay later companies, other fintechs and large banks closer together. So you have buy now, pay laters offering, you know, more and, and larger uh, loans. And then uh, the largest financial institutions uh, really leaning into this space and recognizing how important consumer experience is, how important it is to have purpose-built credit so that you're really looking at the uh, consumer journey from a, not a financial perspective, for, but what the consumers are actually trying to do in that moment. And you see a lot of innovative products coming out really across the board as a result um, of some of this revolution. Back to the uh, the reporting piece for a yeah. minute. Do you think that you'll see kind of an industry standard come to bear when it talks about you know, a $20 BMPL, $80, like it seems like reporting every single one of those can be potentially problematic. Do you think there'll be some level of, all right, if it's a certain dollar amount, how do you see that playing out? Yeah. Um, so there are some standards being developed. Uh, there's, there's some working groups that develop uh, industry standards just as far as how the data uh, gets reported out so that there's consistency, consistency across the bureaus. Um, I think it's important to to capture all this responsible behavior. And so um, I don't think it's as important to cut, try to cut things off and and you know limit you know what you know the size of the loan and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. I, I don't think that benefits consumers, but it will take time to your point for banks, for credit bureaus, for the scores running on those uh, credit reports to adapt to these new types uh, of loans. And so, Revolving loans uh, coming out of buy now pay later providers; uh, those are behaving, you know, just as you'd expect, and, and very, uh, and, and according to the scores that I showed and, and the score accuracies that I mentioned, it's more of these installment loans, like you mentioned. There's lots of them coming out mm -hmm. at once with every purchase, yeah, and that's going to take more time uh, for the recipients of credit reports to adjust to that. But uh, that shouldn't mean we limit what gets reported into the bureau because I think it's all, you know, representative of uh, consumers' behavior, and, and I, we want to give them credit for all of that. Are there lessons that we could take from other markets around the world that you think would be applicable to BMPL here in the U.S.? Uh, yeah, super interesting. So there's some other geographies that are ahead of us um, in this space. I'll mention a couple um, in Australia. Uh, they've been doing this uh, much longer than we have. A mm -hmm. couple of features there. One is that um, we see more regulation in uh, in Australia of buy now, pay later. And they're really looked at as part of the sort of payment ecosystem. So when they roll out payment regulation, it includes buy now, pay later. Um, 
they they regulate, for instance, whether you can charge more if if you're paying with buy not play it or not, and and some of those regulations are changing. Um, reporting has also become a hot topic in the UK. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, I don't think the regulators have been super explicit yet, but you actually see the changing behavior of uh, some of the buy not play later companies. Some of them actually very recently announced that they're starting to report certain types of buy now pay laters to certain bureaus. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think that is a result of the impression, if not explicit regulation, that's uh, coming down. Yeah, I know that you guys are, are focused on serving the, the BMPL market. You know, how do you help promote positive outcomes for consumers? Yeah. Um, so this is just one example, right? Mm-hmm. Capturing all the financial activity uh, all the responsible behaviors of a consumer, all the possible responsible behaviors of a consumer, I think is really important. And getting that through, uh, getting that to get reported through a credit bureau so that traditional lenders are using it, like that sort of circular benefit is incredibly important. There's other, there's, there's other methods here. Um, and you see that, um, in industry. So using other types of payments, uh, using utility payments, telecommunication payments, these are other res- repeated responsible behaviors. And, you know, they should also be factored in to those next decisions. And we continue to pull on that concept of what are the other repeated responsible behaviors and how do we get them into the hands of traditional lenders um, as easily, as seamlessly, as quickly as possible. I mean, do you see over time BMPL just become, I mean, it's almost, I mean, it's on its way there now, but overall, it's still a pretty small percentage of the overall lending market. Do you see in 10, 20 years, it is just another product in the product set? Do you see this as kind of a fad and then it'll fade away? Yeah. I mean, I think there's some things that are here to stay. I think the idea of uh, purpose-built credit is here to stay. Mm -hmm. I don't know that you know we'll be calling it buy now, pay later forever. The idea of providing credit... That's, that creates a great experience when you're purchasing something, a merchandise online, right? Yeah. And then, and then, and then moving to uh, travel, which we see some of that today, and 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 healthcare, and um, you know, of course, we already have that in certain other uh, markets like auto. But the idea of really meeting the consumer where they're at, not not thinking about the credit, but thinking about what the consumer is actually trying to accomplish. Yeah. Like that's really exciting. That's really important. Uh, it creates better experiences for all of us as consumers. Uh, that I, I think that's the thread that will stay with us for sure. So we had a couple of questions come in here from sure. uh, the audience. So uh, first one, how can we educate users for a responsible use of BMPL? Yeah, I mean that's an, first of all that's an area that you I, th- I think you know looking at some other geographies um, more likely that there's regulation that comes into the U.S. as well. Um, again, we see that being part of the regulations that are coming out in other geographies, sort of a minimum amount of regulation to make sure the, the fees are really clear, what happens if you don't pay um, are really clear. And so I think, I think it's going to happen. That very, those very clear disclosures um, very early in the process are incredibly important. I think as this data then also comes into the credit reporting ecosystem, that actually, because consumers are so fat savvy now about checking their credit report, checking their credit scores, Credit Karma was just up here, 
Um, I think that transparency through the reporting will also help consumers, you know, understand what uh, what that responsible behavior looks like. How much do you think? Um, just to kind of wrap up on this one, but how much do you think the credit karmas of the world and and stuff that you guys produce? To, people are overall, I think, more in tune with maybe not exactly what their score is, but at least a general sense for my score is kind of in this range. And do you think that some of that has really helped people get a better sense of responsibly using, whether it be credit or any other financial products? Oh, I mean, it certainly has. I mean, the, the proliferation of access to not just credit reports, which of course has been around uh, a long time with uh, some of the key regulations, but um, also credit scores um, is incredibly important. You see consumers, we see consumers, uh, others in this industry see consumers checking their credit report and credit scores often. Um, and, and I think something that's interesting is that, you know, actually something like buy now, pay later lends itself to faster reporting as well because payments are happening on typically a two-week cycle and even that's being challenged by some and so uh we see consumers being sort of so aware of their credit scores and credit reports that they start looking at how that reporting compares to you know what they know to be the reality of their accounts and you know i think that's another trend that that will continue to push uh innovation all right well we're gonna have to leave it there mark thank you very much awesome thanks for the time appreciate the time thank you to the audience